Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant. The purpose of our podcast is to help shed light on a variety of topics with new lenses. Hopefully with deeper analysis and pointed questions that cause you to think about things differently. I'm not here to change your mind. I just want you to think for yourself. Enjoy the journey. In my humble opinion, the pulled over for driving while black narrative is silly and misleading. I personally have been pulled over by law enforcement officer many times for many different reasons in many states and in different times of the day and night. I've never feared for my life and I was never unlawfully searched or detained. I do not believe I've ever been pulled over for driving while black. And to me, this silly statement that the communist-controlled media has beat into the heads of all Americans causes them to believe this statement is true. Now, during the height of the George Floyd matter, I was talking to a lady, and she was shocked when I told her that I'm not afraid anytime I get pulled over or have been pulled over. And she she was just perplexed and But it was as if she wanted me to be fearful to validate her beliefs. And she almost tried to convince me, you you sure you're not afraid? Yeah, I'm quite sure. (laughs) I've always had an idea of why I was being pulled over by a law enforcement officer. Now, I don't keep track of the number of times I've been pulled over, but I would guess that of all the times I've been pulled over, Three to four of the times were pretextual police stops, but I'm not sure. And we'll dive into the meaning of a pretext stop later. Now, the purpose today is not to boast about the number of times I've been pulled over, although I'll use some of my stops to provide context to our discussion. In this episode, I'm going to discuss an article I read about Minnesota State Representative John Thompson, a black man, being stopped by a law enforcement officer. Now, his claim in the article is he was racially profiled and stopped because he is black. I'm also going to discuss the Supreme Court case uh, regarding pretextual police stops from 1996, as well as share points presented in an article by Aaron Killeen about traffic stops and discriminatory policing in the United States. Of course, throughout the podcast, I'll present analysis and my opinions on this subject. Finally, I'll discuss another, discuss another article written in 2020 about another state representative from Maryland who was stopped and again claims it was because he was black. The discussion about this article will also point out how the media attempts to manipulate the I was driving while black narrative. I was stopped, while, I was stopped for driving while black narrative. My final thoughts will be on why this narrative needs to change. My goal is to always be open and honest with you, the listener. And if we get to a place where you can't trust the words coming out of my mouth, or I present topics to you with little to no research, then I'm no better than the communist-controlled media. And when I first saw the article about Minnesota State Representative John Thompson, I skimmed it. And I felt I knew enough, because I felt I knew enough about the subject to get on the air and share my thoughts. 
And as I read the article fully, wanting to make notes and highlight some of the statements presented, it was then I realized there was more to this topic than even I was aware, and more research was needed. In addition to discussing the articles, I'm also going to educate you on pretext or pretextual police stops. Now, I personally found the, the reading on this subject matter fascinating. And obviously, there's more information out there about this subject so I would, I would just suggest that if time permits, do some research on it if, if this subject matter interests you, but especially do it before you have a discussion with somebody about this topic. I found the article about Minnesota State Representative John Thompson on July 17, 2021, that told the story of the police stop of a black man in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now this is a headline. The headline read, driver claims he was stopped for driving while black. I've always had an issue with this statement, especially when made by people in a position of influence, power, and easy access to the media. I have a problem with the media representing this statement with no context, as if it's always in the absolute truth and presenting it in an inflammatory way. I know people who I believe to be reasonably intelligent who claim they are fearful of what will happen to their black male child if they're stopped by a law enforcement officer. Even to the point I, I had one gentleman told me every time his son leaves his home, he is afraid. And my thought was, why? <laughs> what, what, what is your son into? To where you are, you are afraid every time he leaves the house. They claim, these parents, these people, they claim to have had the air quotes talk with their children about what to do if they're stopped by law enforcement officer. Hopefully part of that conversation is do what you're asked to do. Be respect and be respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am goes a long way. Now, before you lose your minds and start coming for me, let me state for the record that there probably are times when a person is pulled over because of their skin color. I actually read an article a few months ago where a black lady was routinely or she alleged that she was routinely pulled over by police and harassed on her way to work. Now, is this normal? Is this something that happens everywhere, every day? I don't think so. But again, it's a situation where someone is just an asshole and the situation and that person need to be dealt with. Now, Representative Thompson was pulled over at 1.20 a.m. on July 4th for driving without a front license plate which, by the way, is illegal in Minnesota. So here are my issues with making this stop a racial thing. I personally have made an attempt to profile drivers in their cars as I go to and from work each day. Now, during this time of the year, the sun is out when I am going to work and coming home. 
I put myself in the position of a law enforcement officer. Now, if a car is driving toward me in the opposite lane, I look to see if I can profile the driver. If the car is in front of me, I look to see if I can profile that driver. And I do the same if the driver is behind me or beside me. And in all these scenarios, it's challenging to determine the race or gender of the driver. Now, I didn't say it was impossible. I said it is challenging. And here's why. Mainly because legally tinted windows make it very hard to see into another car. Now, when I'm behind a car and I drive a Ford F-150, not only am I looking through a tinted window, but I'm looking through a headrest in the back seat as well as the front seat. And sometimes you're looking through a car seat. And sometimes you're looking through tinted windows that have stickers and all kinds of nonsense stuck on the back window. So you can't even see into the car. Um, <clears throat> now, sometimes it is easy to profile the driver because they may have their windows rolled down or their arm might be sticking out of the window or you can see uh, who they are, profile them basically, see their, their race, gender, etc. Uh, because you can see them through their side view mirror or their windows may not even be tinted. Uh, but so, so again, as I said, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's not impossible, but it is challenging. So take all this into account. And you want me to believe that the police pulled this representative over at 1.20 a.m. because they knew he was black? Now, in the article, Thompson states that the officer profiled him because he looked him in, his, in the face. He claims he got the ticket for driving while black. No, sir. You got a ticket for driving without a front license plate on your car, which is illegal in Minnesota. And, and you look back at the comment that the representative made that the police officer looked him in the face. I tried that yesterday. I, I, again, a car was coming toward me. And, I, and in Florida, you don't have to have a front license plate. So I saw a car coming toward me, did not have a front license plate. I could see that at a certain distance. And then he wants, I guess he wants us to assume that after, after seeing that, the only reason he decided to pull, pull turn around and, and make the stop is because after looking and seeing that there was no plate, he looked in the in the driver, saw he was black, and said, "I'm going to stop him because he's black." Now remember the time. Remember the time, 1:20 a.m. Because I just want you to I want you to really focus on that. Not only now, <clears throat> but later on, we're going to dive deep into traffic stops made at night according to air quotes research again i just continually want to point out that this stop was made at 1:20 a.m. or for those of you in europe or in the military 0120 for those of you in the back row who are still trying to calculate and figure out what time that is that is 1 hour and 20 minutes after midnight that, my friend, is when it's dark outside.
Either way, Thompson states in the article that the traffic stop was by the book. So you were pulled over for a legitimate reason, but you wanted viewed as being racially motivated. And then he, he, in the article, he went on to say that he used the stop as an opportunity to give a speech to the officer, basically accusing him, the officer, of pulling him, Thompson, over because he, Thompson, is black and saying that he, the law enforcement officer, what he is doing to black men is wrong. You mean pulling you over for violating the law is wrong? Okay. He also told the law enforcement officer to stop racially profiling black men in their cars. Now, I will, I will go back up to the part in, in this discussion where I said that I made attempts to profile drivers uh, on my way to work and coming home from work and the challenges associated with that. This was done at 1.20 a.m., which again is in, at the, in, in the night. If it's challenging during the day, I can't imagine how challenging it is at night. These are, if you, if you have a differing opinion or you can prove me wrong or you can give me an example of where, oh, I can, I can tell the color of the skin of the driver from a mile away. Please present that to me because I'm, I'm finding, I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem with that, which is why in the overall, I have a problem with the, I was pulled over, uh, for driving while black because it, it, it's nonsensical if you ask me. In the article, Thompson says, I was pulled over. And now he changes, well, he doesn't change the tune, but I was pulled over and was referred to as a pretextual traffic stop. And he goes on to claim that pretextual stops have been shown to not only do little to stop serious crimes, but they also disproportionately target non-whites. Now, after reading this, I had to dig a little deeper as I did not know exactly what a pretext stop was. And then Thompson also states that these are the kinds of stops that led to the killing of uh, Philando Castile as well as Dwayne uh, Wright. So let me dive into these statements. First, let's gain an understanding of what a pretext or pretextual police stop is. A pretext is defined as something that is put forward to conceal a true purpose or object, an excuse. In the law, pretext stops are when a police officer pulls over a motorist for a minor traffic or equipment violation and then uses a stop to investigate a more serious crime. And the minor by minor traffic uh, violation you know, rolling through a stop sign, the failure to use your turn signal, and then equipment violation, broken tail light, broken headlight. Uh, they vary from state to state, county to county, but you kind of get the point of minor traffic violation. 
and that the police insist that these stops are useful for investigating drugs and weapons possessions, human trafficking, and drunk driving, among other crimes. Now, this is where things can get a bit confusing. Speeding uh, or driving under the influence, I don't, and again, I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm going by what I read. Speeding is not a minor infraction, uh, nor is it a uh, equipment issue. So speeding or suspect or driving while under the influence don't fall under the category of a pretextual stop, although they do fall obviously under the, the, the context of a police stop. And they can have varying outcomes as well. But, but, but what the focus here is on is police are using a minor issue in order to investigate, hopefully, or find or gather information on what could be considered a bigger uh, issue. And, and so we'll look at that and see why in some, some regard, I feel it's, it's, it's a necessary thing for them to be able to be able to do. Um, and that if they're not, um, multiple, many crimes and criminals will just go unpunished and get away uh, because nobody will, nobody will even take the time to pull them over for any reason. Again, minor infractions are your taillights out. Uh, you don't have your license plate on your front, depending on the state, and maybe you're not allowed to have something hanging from your rearview mirror. Um, I believe, I don't know if it's still the law in Virginia, but I know a while back it was illegal to have a, um, what are those, um, those things, people used to put them in their cars all the time just to, to alert them to when um, police officers were ahead with the, the speed gun. And so you, in Virginia, you weren't allowed to have those on your, on your dashboard uh, in your car. And I apologize for not recalling what, what those are because you don't really see them anymore. Um, but... <clears throat> um, those, those are the kind of infractions that are viewed as minor. And um, from what I can tell, looking at these uh, minor infractions, uh, it appears to me that these pretextual stops can be described as judgment call stops by law enforcement officers. Now, again, this is where you've got to be dedicated as a law enforcement officer. And I personally don't believe I could be a law enforcement officer uh, because this job is tough and it's unpredictable. A simple traffic stop can turn into a deadly situation for the driver of the car or the law enforcement officer. And there are multiple stories, though we don't hardly ever see any of them, of where a simple traffic stop, be it pretextual or for whatever reason, go wrong because the driver had warrants, expired license, etc., and the law enforcement officer ends up, ends up injured or dead. As I mentioned earlier, I believe I have been pulled over a couple of times where the desire of the law enforcement officer was to investigate me further. I recall one stop 
that I was a part of where after being issued a warning, and I don't recall why I was stopped, the officer asked me if I had any guns, knives, or explosive devices in my car. And I almost laughed at him for such a silly question, but I just answered, no, I do not. And that was the end of that. However, some, sometimes these sorts of stops, these pretextual stops, either prevent a crime, discover a crime in progress, or capture someone who has committed a crime. One traffic stop made over 25 years ago was that of Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber. He was pulled over for not having a license plate. A Supreme Court case that upheld a pretext stop in 1996 involved uh, two, two petitioners, uh, Wren and Brown versus the United States. And in this is a case about two plainclothes vice squad officers patrolling a high drug area in an unmarked car. Now, before we discuss this, let me make sure you understand what we have here. We have two vice squad officers patrolling a high drug area in an unmarked car. I think their purpose is to observe the people in this area and if possible react to any activity that might appear suspicious. Now, here's a point I read in another article. For, for whatever reason, if your neighborhood is a crime-infested shithole, you want law enforcement to come and clean it up, even though they had no part in creating that mess. Now, let me repeat that. If your neighborhood, if your community is a crime-infested shithole, you want law enforcement to come and clean it up even though they had no part in creating that mess. And now you want to complain when they come in and make arrests. That's the implication I will address as I share other stories. Now in the Supreme Court case, these two officers noticed suspicious activities and were able to execute a legal uh, stop due to a traffic violation. And the stop resulted in the occupants of the car being charged in a four-count indictment with violate, violating various federal drug laws. Now, in this case, the two men who were arrested attempted to imply they were stopped because they were black. It would be difficult to attempt to discuss all the points of the verdict rendered, but the bottom line is that if there is probable cause to believe that the driver of a vehicle has violated a traffic code, it is reasonable to stop the vehicle under the Fourth Amendment and any evidence discovered is admissible. In layman's term, pretext stops are constitutional as long as police officers identify an actual violation of traffic law regardless of their motivation. Now, this was not the case, obviously, in the Thompson situation in Minnesota. But my point is that lawmakers and the media like to slant what those these stops are about and make them sound as if, if pretextual uh, police stops all end in the death of black men. And they like to 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 imply <clears throat> that 
the only reason you were stopped is because you're black. It wasn't because you're doing anything suspicious. It wasn't because you did anything wrong, whether it be a big, big uh, uh, violation or small. It's because you were black. In the Thompson article, he mentions the death of two black, two men, they are black, that occurred because of pretextual stops. Um, yeah, they occurred because of pretextual stops, but they didn't have to. In 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 at least one of them, the dead. Well, in both of them, nobody should have died. But in in the second case that I'll talk to you about, the, the, the person died because instead of following the directions of the officers and understanding, hey, yes, you're going to be arrested and we're going to take you in, you decide to struggle and fight and flee. And that, that kind of creates problems. Again, it shouldn't have ended up in his death based on the information presented, <clears throat> but it did, and that's unfortunate, but... How about you don't resist? How about that? So first we look at uh, Philando Castile. Now this man was pulled over in 2016 for a broken taillight. Um, he was killed by a police officer during this stop. And you can do your own research on the the stop and what happened and how it happened, et cetera, et cetera, if you're unfamiliar with the story. Um, again, his name is Philando Castile. And this seems tragic, and it's hard to understand uh, why the officer shot Mr. Castile. It appears the police in this matter was a bad actor. And I would say he's not, re he's not representative of all police. And I would also say that he should never be allowed to work in law enforcement again. The next one is Dante Wright. Now, he was shot this year during a traffic stop for an expired registration tag. And during the stop, it was determined that Mr. Wright had an outstanding gross misdemeanor warrant. After a brief struggle with officers, he was shot by an officer who believed she was deploying her taser. Now, although this was a situation where an error, and I used air quotes, was made, the situation escalated because Wright put up a struggle as they attempted to arrest him. Now, although these are sad and horrific situations that reek of things the police did wrong, there's usually more to the story than we have time to dig into. It's always a problem, in my humble opinion, to continue to use the deaths and, and bad policing of a few as a tool for making political inroads. And many people don't understand all the facts of both of these cases. Most don't understand pretextual stops, and I'm positive most don't understand the 1996 Supreme Court ruling. Yet politicians and others repeat the names of these people who were killed, believe out details, and make it appear as if law enforcement officers are evil. All of them are evil and attempting to kill black men. I've stated before in other podcasts, the, the, the intricacy and nuances of the law are, there's a lot to it. 
you can probably, I, I, I would imagine you could probably find a book written discussing pretextual stops. It's, it's not just a term and a couple of words and you're done with it. And, and the Supreme Court case goes on and on and on about pretext stops. So, in my opinion, we ask law enforcement officers to prevent crime. I contend that is hard, if not impossible to do. Law enforcement officers mostly respond to crimes. They respond after the wife or girlfriend has been beaten to death. They respond after the baby is drowned in the bathtub. They respond after the robber has killed the store owner and injured a customer. And these are not situations, again, that the law enforcement officers created, but we expect them to mop up the mess and then we depict them as lazy, donut-eating, coffee-drinking pigs because they can't stop the crime in the community. While observing suspicious behavior, they still can't stop someone without probable cause. If you go back to that Supreme Court case, <clears throat> these officers noticed suspicious behavior, but had those, the people driving the, the car, uh, and I believe when I read the case, they, they, they actually made a turn uh, without using their turn signal. That was the only reason they were able to stop them. Had they made that turn and used their turn signal and driven away, not violated any traffic, made any traffic, they could, those plainclothes officers could not stop those people because they had no probable cause. And, and had they stopped them, found the stuff, you know, just stopped and said, why'd you stop us? Because uh, you were looking suspicious. And then they saw the drugs. Then their case would have been valid. The drugs would not have been admissible. And the case would have been dropped. So, <clears throat> again, while observing suspicious behavior, police officers still can't stop someone without probable cause. Therefore, a traffic stop is a way to make a stop and dig further into, the, into a situation. The other side of this hot potato is law enforcement officers are asked to enforce the law. In order to enforce the law, they must know the law. And here's the kicker. Law enforcement officers don't make the law or write the law. So when a law enforcement officer pulls you over and says you have violated a law and you believe that the law is stupid, don't blame the law enforcement officers. Blame your representative who wrote the law. Be sure to tune in next week as I continue this discussion about being pulled over for driving while black. I'll take a look at the second article titled Police Pretext Traffic Stops Need to End, Some law Lawmakers Say, as well as do a review of the article written by Aaron Killeen in April 2018. And obviously I will close with my final opinion on the matter. This is a lot to chew on. It's a lot of good information. Uh, put some thought into what I've said. If you have time, do some research on the matter. 
pretextual stops, being stopped for driving while black. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Changing the Narrative. Be sure to check out my Facebook page for more insight, videos, and website links. My Facebook page is Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant Jr. Please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, as well as provide comments in the comments section on my Facebook page as well as any ideas you may have for future episodes. We'll talk to you soon.